With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome in. This is the FPC Chiefs podcast. I'm Braden Holacek, the managing editor for Full Press Coverage Chiefs of FullPressCoverage.com. Coming to you on a Tuesday as we are just a, a little over two weeks away from the 2021 NFL Draft. And with that, we are going to be discussing a lot of the NFL Draft uh, in the coming weeks, of course, we've had our draft prospect profiles over the last few months. Um, going to be trying to grind out as much more as we can here uh, at Full Press Coverage Chiefs and at FullPressCoverage.com uh, before the real selections take place on April 29th. And on the podcast episodes, the next couple of weeks also going to be um, Focusing solely on the NFL draft as well, we're going to kind of dive into uh, the top positions in need for Kansas City and just break down some players, uh, kind of give my own personal rankings and put those out there for how I have them right now. Uh, we're going to be talking offensive line today, offensive tackles and the interior offensive linemen, um, of course. Uh, going to be hitting on some other positions down the line like edge defenders, cornerbacks, uh, potentially wide receivers as well. And I'm hoping uh, to also get some uh, exciting guests on the show uh, over the next couple of weeks before the draft uh, gets underway. But yeah, so just going to be um, today talking about the offensive linemen. So the offensive tackles, um, of course, is where we're going to start first, right? I Kind of going into the start of the new league year, um, you know, even after cutting both Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher, I still thought interior offensive line was probably the bigger area of need for the blockers, um, 
up front for Kansas City. Well, they went out and got Joe Tooney, signed him to a five-year deal, gave him the second largest guard contract uh, currently in the NFL. And then you go out and get Kyle Long, who uh, comes out of retirement. Um, of course, injury history, not a lot of exciting things to look back on, obviously, there. But a guy that, you know, if he um, is as healthy as a lot of people are saying that he is, uh, that's certainly an encouraging sign uh, for him, obviously not playing last year, getting his body in shape. So after signing those two potential guards, uh, starting guards, yeah, offensive tackle is clearly turned into the biggest need um, offensively. I mean, wide receiver is still a big one right now, especially after losing Sammy Watkins. Um Certainly kind of just felt right for the timing to kind of move on from Sammy. But yeah, overall, um, you know, wide receiver two, still a decently sized hole for the Chiefs. But yeah, I think offensive tackle, of course, you look at how last year's Super Bowl went. uh, That is clearly right now the biggest need, I think, for the team uh, overall. So, of course, in-house right now, they have Lucas Niane, who they drafted last year in the third round. Um, some people thought he was a fringe first round pick, early second round guy that slipped due to medicals. Um, because basically his last season at TCU, he played entirely hurt. Um, you can kind of see it in his, uh, you know, slide in his back pedal uh, and just his footwork uh, with the Horn Frogs that it just was not as clean and crisp as we were used to seeing from Lucas Niane. And then he opted out last season uh, due to concerns surrounding the COVID pandemic. So uh, we have not really seen Lucas Niane yet, obviously, and uh, looks like he's going to be in competition right now as things stand for the starting right tackle spot uh, with Mike Remmers, who the team brought back on a one-year deal. And as we've kind of said before with Remmers, um, you know, obviously very, very tough tough performance that he had in the Super Bowl at left tackle, but um, I don't think it should be forgotten how well he did at right tackle last season. Uh, Did not give up a lot of pressures and sacks overall, especially when you look at how uh, large the shoes were that he had to fill uh, replacing Mitchell Schwartz, who had been just such a key stalwart there at right tackle for the team for a handful of years. Um, I was not disappointed to see Remmers back if you obviously are going to keep him kind of at right tackle or in that uh, swing man type of role uh, for the offensive line on the depth chart. So overall, right tackle, there is some options there, but it's important, obviously, to keep in mind that, um, you know, for the long-term outlook on the team, really both tackle spots could be worth addressing in this draft. But yeah, left tackle right now, that's the biggest one. And personally, honestly, I'm okay with starting a rookie at left tackle right now because of the kind of player that you're getting in, in at uh, left guard and Joe Tooney, right? If you um, weren't quite able to go out and sign quite as big of a name, I probably wouldn't be as comfortable with it. But I think you look at just how, um, you know, savvy he is as a blocker, very technically sound, smart, awareness um, are, are kind of the things that stick out with Joe Tooney. And he's been really reliable and durable throughout his career. So to me, um, knowing there's not going to be a rookie already at left guard, uh, most likely, um, I think personally, I, I am actually pretty open to starting a rookie at left tackle, um, despite that being Mahomes blind side. I think there's just, um, I don't know. I just don't see what the issue is really with it. I, I know that, you know, there's a lot of hesitancy nowadays, 
um, for rookies to be starters in that spot. But, I mean, I, I think you look at the history that Andy Reid has had coaching up offensive linemen and, um, you know, just just the leadership that they brought in overall to this offensive line so far this offseason. Um, I, I, I don't think it would be quite as big of an issue as what maybe some people are making it uh, seem like it could be for Kansas City at left tackle. So um, I, I'm going to kind of say my top 10 rankings here for how I have it right now. Now, I will have my finalized big board. Uh, last year, I did my top 150 prospects. Not sure how many all uh, actually rank this year. It could be 150 again, could be 200. Uh, we'll see what I decide to do in the next couple of weeks. So my final big board and my final rankings will be uh, out officially in a couple of weeks. I'll tweet them out uh, on my Twitter account. You guys can follow me uh, at Braden Holacek 9. Uh, we can also post it on the full press coverage uh, Chiefs Twitter account as well at FPC underscore Chiefs. So uh, stay tuned there for the next couple of weeks. But um you know, I, obviously, we're not going to really do a deep dive on some of the top names here that I don't see being possibilities for the Chiefs in the draft. And that's really three guys right now at offensive tackle. Penny Sewell, um, who opted out last year. But I think, um, you know, you look at what he did as a 19-year-old player for the Oregon Ducks in 2019. Um, just won the movement skills, but just how big of a frame he has at the same time, right? 6'5", 325, and the way that guy moves with that frame, um, the strength he has, both lower half and upper body, very, very impressive for a guy that will be uh, 20 years old, I believe, when he's drafted in the first round coming up here in a couple of weeks. So Penny Sewell, uh, Ray Sean Slater, he's kind of seen more of a guy, more as a guy that can play all five uh, offensive line spots potentially. So a lot of people have listed him as an offensive tackle, and that's kind of what I'm going to do as well in these rankings. Um, but yeah, tremendous uh, season in 2019, another opt out from this year. So he did not play in 2020 at Northwestern. Um, but yeah, one of the top picks in the 2020 draft last year, Chase Young from Ohio State, uh, obviously um, highly, highly impressive player and impactful player rushing from defensive end. Uh, but Slater, one of his better games from 2019, the last full season he played, uh, came against Chase Young and actually a pretty good showing against him. So uh, Rayshon Slater uh, from Northwestern, then Christian Derisaw to round out these top three guys from Virginia Tech. Um, lately, I've seen a lot more differing opinions on Derisaw than I saw earlier in the pre-draft process. And honestly, I think um, I, I can kind of understand him by watching his tape. Um, there's not a lot of times where... There's consistency maybe with this finishing power or nastiness, but I, I think overall there's very few holes in Derrissaw's game. To me, a top probably 12 to 15 player in this class when uh, it's all said and done, when I finalize my rankings here in a couple of weeks. So those three guys, Penny Sewell, Rayshon Slater, Christian Derrissaw, um, as I'm just saying, my top 10 offensive tackle rankings, those are the top three, but again, not guys that I think will obviously be in range for Kansas City uh, to select. Unless some miracle happens, they slide down the board a little bit. Maybe Kansas City, uh, you know, takes a gamble and trades up a little bit in the first round to get them. But yeah, I don't see probably any of those players getting past most likely 13th or 14th overall, um, which right now those picks are currently held by the LA Chargers and the Minnesota Vikings, respectively. Um, number four offensive tackle for my rankings right now, currently at offensive tackle, 
Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. And and I really like this guy, you know, when I got to see him play just, you know, watching the games live in 2020. Um, but man, when I when I went back and watched him on tape, I fell in love with him even more than I I I thought I um you know, liked him quite a bit, but man, I, I still think I was too low on him just originally. Um, I had him, I think number 40 on my last kind of big board update that I did, um, for my top 100 players back in February. Um, right now I'd say he's probably going to be a top 20 to 25 player for me, mainly played right tackle at Oklahoma state, but he had to fill in at left tackle a little bit, um, due to injuries. So man, he's just so, so nasty. Got a mean streak that, a lot of coaches at the NFL level uh, covet from their offensive tackles. Um, I, I wrote in my draft profile on him back from March that um, there are times where he can be a little bit over aggressive, kind of getting upfield and getting, you know, after his man. Uh, but overall, I mean, I'll take I'll take the guy that is more over aggressive and you know knows how to. Um, kind of dictate the line of scrimmage and, and control it and command it rather than the guy that's um, generally more patient, you know? So that that is, I mean, really the nastiness and the mauling mentality that Tevin Jenkins has. Um, and, and again, the finishing power, that's something that's, you know, I've kind of just really kind of been looking for, I guess, uh, in some of these offensive line prospects, the finishing that they have um, and the power that they have with that. So Tevin Jenkins has it all as far as the things that I've been looking for. Um, you know, big body guy. It's just so hard to get around him. And um, yeah, I, I I know there's been a lot of talk lately that um, people think he could go probably 17 to the Raiders, 18 to the Dolphins, possibly. Um, so again, another guy maybe does not fall to the Chiefs in their range in the first round. But um, if you look at certain mock drafts, there's people that still think he could. So uh, it's kind of just, you know, depends how the board's going to fall. But to me, that's my number four offensive tackle as of now. And then, um, you know, I could still see six, seven, possibly eight offensive tackles going in the first round. But lately, man, I've I've been um, a little bit lower than I was originally on some of these players. Um, some of that has to do with recent combine performances or pro day performances, excuse me, uh, Dylan Radunes or Radins. Um you know, the pronunciation. I'm sorry if I got that wrong. I've seen, I've heard it said different ways. Uh, so, uh, Dylan Radins from North Dakota state had a tough pro day. Um, you know, because I thought, you know, his athleticism and his movement skills when I watched him on tape were something that stood out, but of course he didn't get to really play, uh, more than one game in 2020. So a lot of time in between there, of course had a good senior bowl, but yeah, the pro day, uh, did not test very well, but yeah, to me, I mean, the pro days, they are what they are. Um, I'm not going to obviously split hairs too much over the, uh, over the testing numbers for some guys, especially I think offensive linemen, you are what you are. You're not really going to, I think, wow me, um, for the most part with any testing numbers. But yeah, I think with Dylan Radins, it's something that, um, I don't know. I think it's just something that maybe there's more development, uh, needed on the surface than probably I realized at first. Um, so you got him, you got Jalen Mayfield, another guy that kind of had a tough pro day. So I'm actually think he's going to project better as a guard at the NFL level. But right now I, I can still see him sticking at offensive tackle. Um, you know, very, very, um, powerful guy. Um, I like his hand technique a lot. Um, 
uh, just just a guy that to me I think really um, you know a couple of months ago was talked about as a top 20 and 25 player and I could see why but yeah the recent testing and um, just some other guys kind of staking their claim um, with more positive um, you know, moments lately in the pre-draft process have kind of slid Jalen Mayfield down. Um, so then you got Liam Eikenberg and Samuel Cosme are kind of in this next tier for me. And man, Liam Eikenberg, the opinions on him I've seen all over the place. There's some that have him, you know, as like a top six offensive tackle in this class. There's some that have him, I think, ranked 11th. Uh, just some people that I follow on Twitter, I was kind of reading about their comments on him and, um, for sure, he's more of a throwback, and that's something that I kind of wrote in his draft profile that I did uh, earlier this year. Um, you know, not the most athletic guy, a um, little bit more patient than he is aggressive, but I think you look at his his frame and and I think his uh, his football IQ. That's that's to me what's going to make him stand out. So um, yeah, there's there's going to be some limitations depending on the team that takes him um, for sure. So Eichenberg's kind of guy, uh, kind of a guy that I've I've been a big fan of, but yeah, at this point it's going to be really interesting if the Chiefs were to take him, which some people have had him lately as going to the Chiefs at 31 in mock drafts. Um, I don't know, I don't know honestly how how natural of a fit uh, it is for the Chiefs scheme. So of those four guys, I think right now I would personally rank it um, probably as Cosme as OT five. Dylan Radens as OT6, um, Eichenberg OT7, and Jalen Mayfield at OT8. But yeah, these guys to me, uh, like like they do, I think for other people right now, they continue to kind of fluctuate on how you would order them. So with Cosme, the reason I think that he would be my OT5 right now, I think you just, um, you look at some of the last couple of drafts, especially last year, uh, the best offensive tackle of the perceived top four as far as performance-wise last season, Tristan Wirfs with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I kind of see a lot of similarities with Samuel Cosme. Obviously, you know, not complete carbon copy, but, um, you know, even though the athleticism and uh, footwork, you know, cleaning some of that up um, is going to take time, uh, you focus on what Cosme can do well and just how much he can overpower opponents and just get the job done rep after rep. Uh, that's why right now, to me, I got to put him above guys like Raidens, uh, Eichenberg, and Mayfield, just because I think right now, um, as a football player and a prospect at this point in time, I think Cosme's game actually translates more to the NFL level uh, than some of these other guys immediately. And that's something that I think just... You know, when you when you watch the tape, sometimes you don't think about those aspects. But when you really talk about ranking players and and kind of really seeing how the board could fall come April uh, and the draft gets underway, to me, that's that's kind of how I see things going for Cosme. I think he's going to uh, translate well, uh, well, quicker and a lot more smoother than maybe some of these other guys. So Cosme OT5 for me right now, Radunes at, uh, or Raiden's at OT6. Uh, Eichenberg at seven and Jalen Mayfield at eight. Uh, I got to round out the top 10. It, it's very difficult for me because Alex Leatherwood is, is a guy, man, I, I could see him going, you know, maybe in the thirties, I could see him going in the seventies in this draft overall. Um, and again, I think he's kind of like Jackson Carmen of Clemson for me. He maybe projects better as a guard at the NFL level. Um, but I could see Leatherwood get a more more of a chance at offensive tackle than say Jackson Carmen. So um, I'm not going to put 
Leatherwood in my offensive tackle top 10 currently. I think right now um, offensive tackle nine has to be Spencer Brown for me from Northern Iowa. And uh, recently kind of finished up my tape work on him, hoping to get a draft profile out on him very soon for FPC Chiefs. But uh, wow, I mean, his athletic ability at his size, six foot eight, 315 pounds. Um, I, I just think that translates so well into an offense like Andy Reid's in Kansas City. And I actually uh, took him in the second round in my latest FPC Chiefs mock draft uh, 3.0, which actually came out um, the day before this podcast episode drops to kick off this week of uh, April 11th and or sorry, April 12th and 13th. So go check that out uh, after the fact of this uh, podcast episode dropping because yeah, I came out the day before I took him in the second round, kind of just really focusing on the most um, kind of realistic draft. I feel like that I've done so far of all three of the mock drafts uh, waited on offensive tackle and he was still there. Uh, very, very fortunate that he was because I think right now, man, Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa, um, you can say what you want about small school competition, but I think you just look at his body makeup. Um, again, he toys with opponents with good length and, and his football IQ. And again, the athletic ability that he has at his size, that's going to put him, I think, over the top. But really, I think he's well uh, advanced in a lot of areas that uh, the Chiefs have been looking for lately with offensive linemen, um, even quicker than I think some people realize. And then offensive tackle 10, to me, it comes down to Brady Christensen of BYU or Stone Forsyth of Florida. And man, um, Stone Forsyth is very, very similar uh, build-wise to Spencer Brown, six foot eight, 315 pounds, a uh, little bit more patient blocker and powerful blocker rather than having the... Um, you know, amazing athletic ability, but man, Brady Christensen. Wow. I just, I I've been really excited about him and uh, another guy that I'm hoping to write about later on this week for a draft profile. Um, I just, I don't know as, as far as my top 10 personal rankings, I would probably put Christensen in there at 10, but as far as the sake of just talking the chiefs on this podcast episode, stone Forsyth might actually be the better scheme fit. Um, especially if you put him at left tackle, uh, compared to Christensen, I think Christensen's a guy that actually can play, uh, maybe all five positions or at least all four except guard, uh, sorry, except center. So I don't know. I think from a chief's perspective, stone Forsyth might be better. And I've seen some people say they could see him going in round two. There's others that have him round three or early round four, um, Again, we'll see what my final rankings are and see where I kind of I put him on my big board. But yeah, I think Forsyth is is a very, very, very um, possible, uh, you know, high, high, highly touted scheme fit possibly for the Chiefs. Um, you know, it, it's hard for me to to not put Brady Christensen in that same light. I would put Christensen, like I said, uh, offensive tackle number ten in my current rankings. But yeah, I think from a Chiefs perspective. Stone Forsyth might be that guy, that round two, three spot uh, that they could be looking for. So keep an eye out on that. A lot of people have been talking about him lately. And simply for the name alone, Stone Forsyth, I mean, there's a lot of people that are really excited about him around Chiefs Kingdom. So that's my current top 10 rankings with offensive tackles. But again, some other guys to keep in mind. Uh, Moving on to interior offensive linemen now. 
you know, I think it's obvious that Elijah Vera Tucker is the top interior O-lineman, and he could even play tackle at the next level, but I think he'll probably start out as a guard. Um, man, he's just... I, I don't know. There's not a lot of negatives to me uh, in his game, and he was the first guy that I wrote about this year for a uh, draft profile. You know, I think back at that time when I wrote about him, and uh, I think it was around New Year's Eve, that uh, there were some that thought, okay, yeah, he's going to be kind of in that Chiefs range, you know, late 20s to 30s, uh, picking the draft. But, yeah, not anymore. I think, obviously, over the last couple few months, I've – uh, like a lot of other people, kind of viewed him as a top 12 to 15 player in this class. I mean, there's just not a lot of holes in his game, I think, entering the NFL uh, level. I mean, there is times, I think, where his movement skills can be a little bit late uh, reaction-wise, and he can struggle with some speedier uh, defensive linemen that are going up against him. But, man, overall, just his hand technique, um, one of the best in the class of all the offensive linemen, in my opinion. Uh, and that's a big thing for me that I that I would look for and covet with these guys. Um, and, and again, with the Chiefs, as far as the Chiefs' perspective goes, right now, interior offensive lineman-wise, I think you're mostly looking at centers. Um, Austin Blythe was a fine signing, but I don't think Austin Blythe obviously should prevent you from taking a possible long-term option that you could stick at center uh, in for the foreseeable future. So centers are guys to watch in, in this class for sure for the Chiefs. I think you look at, um, just before I say my top 10 rankings for right now in interior offensive linemen, I just want to list some guys I think that could fill that center role uh, with the Chiefs. Obviously, Landon Dickerson comes to mind. He's had a unfortunate injury history, um, but after tearing his ACL in the SEC championship game this past December, this guy has been doing a lot of uh, a lot of athletic drills. He was doing cartwheels uh, kind of as a more funny moment than anything. But the fact that he was actually doing that just a couple few months removed from his t- uh, torn ACL and surgery, um, that speaks volumes, I think, to where he's at right now uh, health-wise and where he could be at the start of the season, even further than some expected uh, as a rookie at the NFL level. Um, So he's a guy center-wise I can see. Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma, and I wrote about him already. I really like Creed Humphrey, but, man, I think that um, I've been a little too low on him. I I, I honestly think that I've kind of viewed him as a round-two guy for a long time, but realistically at this point in the pre-draft process, even for – uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I could see him being actually a late first round pick. So Creed Humphrey's a guy that uh, a lot of games started at Oklahoma. His wrestling background has been highly touted as far as just um, where his strength kind of resonates from as a blocker and his hand technique and, and being able to recover in difficult and short areas. Um, so he's another guy at center that could be a Chiefs possibility. You look at Josh Myers from Ohio State. Um I think the scheme fit would be a little more challenging compared to some of the other centers in this class, but I think overall Myers would still do okay, Um, especially as a run blocker. That's where he shines. I just think from a Chiefs perspective, um, I would have a little bit of a worry as far as how long it would take him to really hone in on his pass blocking skills, but I think overall uh, still a guy that is worth a top 100 pick, maybe even top 75 uh, there from Ohio State. You look at Ben Cleveland from Georgia. Uh, he's another possible guy I think that could fill the center role. You look at Quinn Miners 
Um, again, I think Seen is more of a guard, but you know, showed at the Senior Bowl um, that I think he could be that guy that could fill the center spot. So Quinn Miners, to me, uh, certainly could be a capable center in the NFL. Some other guys that I'm going to mention here now coming up as far as Chiefs guys to possibly watch uh, at center um, are more of day three guys here that they could find late in the draft. You look at Kendrick Green from Illinois, Trey Hill from Georgia. I actually really like Trey Hill. If there was any of the day three um, centers that I would pound the table for out of all of them, I would probably pick Trey Hill from Georgia just because of his size and strength that he has uh, in the middle, six foot three, 330 pounds. Uh, David Moore from Grambling State. Now, I mentioned him mentioning him here. Personally, I would have him as a day two pick, but there's a lot of people right now that think he's going to go day three. Mostly played guard at Grambling State, but showed even at the senior bowl that he could handle the center position. I think he actually translates better personally as a center at the NFL level. So David Moore is a guy, another guy that I took in my latest mock draft 3.0 from Monday to kick this week off. Again, go check that out um, after this podcast episode drops if you've not seen it already. Um, But yeah, a guy to me that I just think Really, really, of all the small school guys, I could see ascending, um, whether it's in the draft order or in the NFL once he gets going. But yeah, you also have Drake Jackson from Kentucky. My biggest worry with him, unfortunately, is a little bit of a smaller guy, but I think he can hold his own. Um, You also got Drew Dowman from Stanford, Jimmy Morrissey from Pitt. So those are kind of the center options to keep in mind. But as far as just... uh, wanting to list my top 10 interior offensive linemen as a whole right now as things currently stand I would definitely obviously list Elijah Vera Tucker uh at one for the interior offensive lineman rankings I would go Landon Dickerson at two um man I just think he has first round talent first round tape again how will the NFL handle the injuries honestly from what we've kind of heard from the reports Um, yeah, there's still some limitations due to COVID and not being able to meet with these guys, uh, obviously in person, but I think based off the reports we've seen so far and just, um, you know, we're deeper into the pandemic now than we were, uh, last year at this time heading into the draft. So I think there's more, uh, preparation that was built in. And I think teams obviously are going to feel a little more comfortable maybe than they were last year, uh, with guys with medical, uh, issues or situations, heading into the draft and and more willing to take guys earlier than maybe they were last year uh, with those questions. So Landon Dickerson, I have at the two uh, spot in these rankings. Number three, um, gosh, really tough for me here between Wyatt Davis and Creed Humphrey. But personally, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Wyatt Davis currently as my interior offensive lineman number three. Creed Humphrey at four. I got Josh Myers at five. Um, I actually have Aaron Banks from Notre Dame at six. He's kind of a guy I could see sneaking into round two, but maybe more than likely goes round three. Uh, Notre Dame's obviously had some great offensive linemen come out over the last handful of years. And, uh, I think Banks could be the best of the bunch. I mean, they have, I think, um, I believe it's four guys. Uh, yeah, four guys, I believe entering this draft, uh, from their offensive line, I think Aaron Banks could honestly be the best one out of the bunch. You have Eichenberg, who we talked about it ready already uh, at offensive tackle. The other offensive tackle from Notre Dame, you got Robert Hainsey. And then the other interior lineman is Tommy Kramer, who's kind of seen as the um, uh, maybe the last guy that could be taken of those four. 
But I think all all of those guys have a lot of potential. But to me, Aaron Banks is kind of that guy that I uh, I, I I think could be the best of the bunch of those Notre Dame blockers. So I got him at the uh, the five spot um, for my interior offensive lineman rankings. Currently, I have Josh Myers at six, Ben Cleveland from Georgia at seven, um, Trey Smith at eight from Tennessee. Another guy that, again, the medicals were kind of a big thing, but I think obviously you look at the season that he had in 2020, um, you know, the physicality, the movement skills as far as um, uh, moving people with his blocks off of their uh, center point and their landmarks, um, those are the things that stand out with him. So former five-star recruit from Tennessee, Trey Smith, I got it, eight. And uh, rounding out the top ten for my interior offensive lineman, Rankings as things stand right now. I got Quinn Miners at nine and at 10. Uh, I got, uh, believe it or not, David Moore. So I, I wanted to put David Moore a little higher, but um, yeah, I, I, I think that's still a fine spot for him uh, just because I think he translates right now better uh, at center. And that's still not a position that he has a lot of experience at. Um, so uh, that's what I got currently for my top 10 rankings, uh, both offensive tackle, both interior alignment as far as, again, I, I listed my rankings, but also kind of talked about from a Chiefs perspective, uh, maybe some other guys to keep in mind. Of course, uh, we're going to be talking, obviously, more position groups coming up very soon, more rankings, more deep dives on some of these guys to keep in mind for possible Chiefs picks uh, coming up. We'll hit on the wide receivers, the edge rushers, and the cornerbacks uh, in the couple, uh, coming couple of weeks. So, um, again, stay tuned for all of that. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Braden Holacek nine with the number nine at the end. Go follow the full press coverage chiefs, Twitter account at FPC underscore chiefs. And again, the uh, main full press NFL account to follow is at full press NFL. Um, a lot of great, uh, draft work, uh, coming out from other team pages there at fullpresscoverage.com. The Raiders, uh, page the Dolphins page uh, the Packers the Patriots the Bucks they're all doing really great work and there's other teams I'm sure uh, that I forgot to mention uh, so many to keep in mind so you guys can stay tuned there at full press NFL on Twitter for all the latest uh, draft related uh, work and content of course uh, we will be back with another podcast episode to end this week on Friday but of course in the meantime before then We'll have more draft prospect profiles this week. I'm going to take uh, a couple of weeks off from doing our this or that articles um, just because I want to focus solely on the draft right now, getting as much more um, draft profiles out as I can uh, here in the next couple of weeks. I believe once this podcast episode uh, drops on Tuesday, we will be 16 days from the NFL draft. So getting down to the nitty gritty, I just want to get as much done as I can there. So stay tuned for all of our latest draft profiles for Full Press Coverage Chiefs on fullpresscoverage.com. Also daily video content at Full Press Coverage. you got FPC Radio Live with Ian Glendon and Mike DeBate uh, weekday mornings. Uh, always love their discussions because uh, a lot of humor, a lot of fun uh, talking points to uh, to debate on or keep in mind. So follow them and also uh, Dave and Ross Safe Sports. Uh, I believe it's 5 p.m. Eastern time, weekday afternoon slash evenings, kind of wherever you are. Uh, you guys can watch both of those shows 
uh, at the Full Press Coverage page on Facebook, or you can type in Full Press Coverage on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel for Full Press Coverage uh, if you want to follow those two shows each weekday, either in the morning with FBC Radio Live or in the afternoon slash evening with uh, Dave and Ross Safe Sports. So uh, again, follow us at FPC underscore uh, Chiefs. And of course, stay tuned for the latest draft profiles here in the next couple of weeks. Go check out our uh, latest mock draft piece, Mock Draft 3.0 from Monday to begin this week. And with that, we will see you guys next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.